Alright, welcome to Lax Historical Context with Sasha and Sean. That was quite the... I was so uh, enthusiastic. (laughs) (laughs) You were like on top of shit. Uh Uh-huh. Alright, so do the intro that you wanted to do. Hey, bitches! Let's talk about history! (laughs) There's the enthusiasm we were... I, I was still going. There's the enthusiasm. I was still going, and you just like cut me off. We were missing. Um, so should we tell them our topic this week? I mean, maybe. Part of me is like we should make them figure it out as we start talking, but I feel like the one, the first one I'm going to talk about, and then yours are so depressing. People won't finish unless you we know, tell them and like hook I them. Was, I was really. I don't think mine's depressing. It's a lighthearted romp. Through uh, <laughs> South America. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the understatement of the year. I've learned things that I find quite ridiculous about the main person in mine. So I don't know. I'm. I mean, to be fair, mine is a a lovely romp through Southern history. I mean, it just sounds so much fun and so much racism. I mean, how could people not want to stay tuned? Really? So the 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 topic today is quote-unquote conspiracies, things that may or may not be conspiracy theories that are backed up by historical fact. Or Um, that people have taken historical fact and tried to make conspiracy theory out of it. Yeah, and that is more yours than mine. That is more mine, yeah. I, I have one that is a real thing, like 100%. But my second one is like 90% just fun bullshit. Mine is a real, like, it's based in historical fact, but people are stupid and they think fictitious novels are true. And they just, I don't know why they would want this to be a thing, actually, because it doesn't make any sense to me. What about for the technological breakthrough it would, that would like, it would require? I mean, the medical breakthrough. I the medical say. breakthrough it would require would be great. However, we're not even anywhere close to that medical breakthrough in modern. Like we're kind of close. We're kind of close. But back then, actually, we're pretty close. Yeah, back then wow. they couldn't do shit. <laughs> like, come on. And we're pretty close. We're pretty close. But then people are also saying that vaccines are bad. So I don't know. I think we're backsliding a little bit. I All mean, right. I mean, to be fair. Does Jenny McCarthy count as people? You're right, she doesn't. Yeah. But like most of California, and the real, <laughs> like hippie shit. <laughs> Clearly, we're not in the state of California. Guess the state we're from. Okay, <sighs> let's start off with you because you have two and I have one. Wait, we're like the Simpsons. We we border Nevada, Ohio, Maine, and Kentucky. We do, yeah. Yeah. And Mexico. And Croatia. Yeah, that's that one's weird, but I like our Croatian neighbors. Because of our close proximity, we were rooting for them in the World Cup. We were. It was sad when they lost. Stupid French. Yeah. All right, so you go first, man, because you have two. I have one. I like to be the sand... Oh, I didn't want to be like the meat in the Sean sandwich. That just sounds bad. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, no. Yeah, it kind of does. It does. You go. I'll just be in shame over here. Okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me. The first thing that I want to talk about today uh, is the Tulsa race riot. Have you ever heard of the Tulsa race riot? I try not to listen to things about Tulsa. I mean, come on. I mean, that that's shockingly legit. Uh-huh. Uh, in school, though, did you ever hear anything about Tulsa? No, I did not. Nothing. Again. We don't live anywhere near Tulsa. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I had to think. Nevada, Ohio, Maine, Kentucky. Wait, how far away is Oklahoma from Kentucky? It's kind of far, I thought. I don't know. What am I, a map? We're history nerds. We should probably know that. No, I'm not a cartographer. I'm not a cartography Quit. nerd. Daniel. He's not here. Okay, <laughs> so... uh. The Tulsa race riot took place the night of May 31st into June 1st of 1921 in, as you may have guessed it, France. No, kidding. Tulsa, Oklahoma. What? I wouldn't have got that from the the title. Plot twist, Mm -hmm. right? I'm surprised. Okay, so what was the biggest sin you could commit in 1920s southern United States? 
I'm gonna go with not wearing the proper hat. I mean, it's up there. I mean, yeah. Also, I have a feeling like, I don't know, making out with a hot black dude. <laughs> You're real close. Being a hot white dude. <laughs> making out with a hot black dude. That that would be the one thing that while, could be worse. While three mixed race couples watch. I think they would. All for money. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the Tulsa race riot anymore because those would all be shockingly progressive developments for the time I'm about to tell you about. The Tulsa race riot started with, as most race riots do, a shoe shiner. A uh, 19-year-old black man named Dick Rowland. Good name. Very good name, right? Strong name. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a shoe shiner. He got on an elevator uh, downtown. He, I'm just shocked that there's a building in Tulsa in 1921 large enough for an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like they would be like one-story building sort of people. Yeah, well, this was like downtown. Like, it, there, there it were, was the building. There were probably three buildings, okay. yeah. So, actually, two, because the other one will be brought up in the story. No, no, no joke. Um <laughs> So uh, he was taking the elevator up to the top floor because uh, the place was segregated and the top floor of this building was the only restroom he was allowed to use. Oh, man, that's got to suck. Yeah. So he got on the elevator and he encountered 17-year-old Sarah Page, who was a white woman and was the elevator operator. That was her day job. Which, quick side note, popular culture has told me that old black men exclusively were elevator operators, so I am kind I'm of surprised. I'm still perplexed by what an elevator operator actually did. Like They pulled a lever. Yeah, but I mean, that seems like that could have been automated really early on. I mean, well, that'd be a sweet gig. You're just sitting in there, flossa. Well, standing in there all day. Well, some people got to sit. Lazy bastards. <laughs> so... Dick gets on the elevator, sees Sarah, and a, at like at this point there's confusion. There's you know we don't know what happened. Some people say he had an accident and he tripped and bumped into her. Other people say he assaulted her. Although they are very quick to point out, not rape. Okay. Apparently the two knew each other. They both worked downtown. This being the only way to the only restroom he was allowed to use. They probably encountered each other quite See, a bit. When you first said he had an accident, I'm like, shit, he peed on her? Like, he had to go so bad, he, he was just like, ah. Oh. Hey, you got to go. You, you go when the man just, says you can go. And you, on, on a 17-year-old girl in an elevator. Somehow it's still better than R. Kelly. Is it, though? I mean. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you say so. His wasn't an accident. Um, <laughs> so... Either way, there was some sort of an incident. She screamed. He ran. whole bunch of white dudes saw this shit and immediately assumed the worst. Now, we don't actually have any sort of a surviving uh, official statement from her. The only thing we do know is that she didn't want to press any charges. Yeah, because it was an accident. Probably. Right. Right. Or they knew each other. It wasn't what everyone let it out, let it out to be. No charges, please. This was a black man in the South in the 1920s. I've always thought Oklahoma was kind of the South. It's <laughs> it's like... In the 1920s, it's the South. Yeah, but I feel like now it's like... Meh. It's like the Bible Belt, kind of Midwesty. Yeah, it's like like Texas's deformed twin, like... And, I mean, and it borders Texas. Yeah, so that's it, so why it's, it's like... It's like... It's south by osmosis. Yeah, it's like Texas's like conjoined twin that got kind of eaten in the womb. Yeah, it's Oklahoma. Well, not eaten in the womb because it exists. Well, sorry, Oklahoma. You're. <laughs> I guess it's really <laughs> offensive to people who are from Oklahoma. Also, I was just I was waiting to see until how long <laughs> in you would you would realize what you were saying about Oklahoma. Those we don't border them though, so we. So don't... yeah, it's fine. I don't care. You want to go, Oklahomans? I'll just run up a hill. You guys don't have many of those. I'll freak you out and you'll go. <laughs> and besides, good luck finding us. Uh-huh. Suckers. So uh, even though she doesn't want to press any charges, people chase this poor young man. Uh, he eventually runs and hides at, at his mother's in the uh, Greenwood neighborhood of Tulsa. Um, there the cops found him. They arrested him anyway. 
Now, at this point, it is important to note that the Greenwood community uh, stood out a little bit because Greenwood was home to basically all of the country's successful black people. You know, all of the old-timey racists who would say, we freedom, the imperative is on the black people now to pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Yeah. This is where they did it. It was called the Black Wall Street. Like, that's how successful people were. It was very well-to-do, lots of wealthy people, suits, tons of businesses, nice homes. This was a fantastic place to live if you were a black person. I need to get myself a time machine, go visit this neighborhood, give me some rich sugar daddies. (laughs) I don't know. How were they with Mexicans in the 20s? Oh, not great. (laughs) (laughs) I would be dead. Just throwing that out there. So anyway, so they arrest him. They take him to the jail. Uh, immediately the sheriff starts getting phone calls threatening this young man's life. There's talk going around the city of lynchings. This is not a not a good, good situation. So for safety, they move him to the top floor of what I think is the only other building with multiple floors. That would be the Tulsa County Courthouse. They are keeping him in jail cells up there, mostly for his safety. Uh, and they needed it. They had to turn away multiple... Casual lynchers, people who literally showed up to the jail and courthouse and said, can we have the black peop- the black person in custody, please? I just picture them being so nonchalant about it. So, hey, we got this rope here. You got that black guy. Can we like, you know? Yeah, people would just show up and be like, can we have him? And the sheriff would be like, no. And they're, then they're like, oh, shucks. Okay, sheriff. Right? We'll be back later. Right? Maybe you'll change your mind. They're like, no, he's going to stand trial and go to jail and all that shit. You Despite can't kill him. Despite the fact that no charges have actually been pressed. So yes. they have no actual authority to be holding him. Yeah. Although at this point, it is for his safety because I do feel like if he was left to his yeah. own. If the cops found him so readily in Greedwood, so would a bunch of angry white people. Yeah. and you know. So... At this point, probably for his own best interest. Yeah. But doesn't change the fact that people are just frighteningly ready to lynch this guy. So that evening, uh, literally just a few hours, several hundred white people with guns show up in front of the courthouse. As, as you I mean, do. I'm really not surprised because white people love gathering places with guns. Uh there are no official accounts of whether or not they had tiki torches and polo shirts. I mean, I assume they had some sort of collared shirt. It's the 1920s. <laughs> Ties and handkerchiefs. Yeah, they were pretty dashing, probably. How many of them, like, on a percentage-wise, how many of them do you think had, like, the, the, the southern pencil-thin mustache? I would say about 95%. And they were all wearing suspenders and talking about how they're just some small country lawyer that doesn't know the law very well. <laughs> can can we have him to lynch, please? <laughs> anyway, so black community members in Greenwood hear about this and are like, oh, hell no. They start gathering, but not all of them wanted violence. A lot of them were World War One veterans. They had guns. A lot of them did not have guns and were imploring the ones with guns not to use them because they were afraid of retaliation that would ruin businesses and homes. What to do, what to do. So, what happens when a lot of people with guns and who are angry show up and and start pointing guns at each other? I do believe they all have cake and then start an orgy. This is common misconception. This is what... Mary Queen of Scots was saying when she said, let them have cake. Yeah. She was basically yelling, charge! Yeah, because, you know, I have a gun, but you know what? I have cake now, so I'm not angry. And you know what? I'm a little horny. Let's just turn this all around and, like, just fuck fest with cake. Yeah. The end. Yeah, that was a good Um, race riot. (laughs) (laughs) No, so they start shooting people. Uh, A lot of black people run away into Greenwood because... Well, that's where they're from. Exactly. It's their home. So the Oklahoma National Guard gets called in. Ooh, let me guess whose side they're on. I'm going to go with the white people. Pretty much. <laughs> they they set up a whole bunch of posts, including one outside the courthouse. It should be noted. Um, but they mostly don't even go into Greenwood. No attempts to stop any sort of violence. Because at this point, people are shooting at each other. There's talks of snipers and fire bombings and your typical stuff. But the National Guard makes no effort to actually go into Greenwood and stop the violence. So 
all the outside observers and survivor accounts basically said they were protecting the wide areas of town. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense yeah. for, you know, the time. Exactly. And this time in general. <laughs> <laughs> she says dejectedly. Uh-huh. So some Greenwood residents uh, residents fought back. A whole bunch of them fled the city. And overnight, rumors started that the black people that fled were going to come back with people from neighboring towns and going to lead an armed invasion of Tulsa by the black people. That would mean somebody wants Tulsa. Also, that black people apparently communicate at the speed of light. Yeah. Oh, they had the internet before us. Oh, did they? Yeah. Fun fact. So cool. Starting my own conspiracies. (laughs) I mean, that's next episode. Shut up. Um, (laughs) So uh, the following morning, it's now June 1st, uh, at 5 in the morning, uh, a siren or a train whistle, depending on which account you read, uh, is heard, and a whole bunch of white people are like, that's the signal they're going to invade. Or it's just a train because, you know, trains. They do run. Uh Uh-huh. So... A whole bunch of white people with guns flood into Greenwood. A lot of people get shot. Um, At this point, this is where the story gets kind of fucked up because uh, there were a whole bunch of white people in planes um, and they were just like uh, firebombing people. They were... I I feel like they get a lot of their own own people there. They're just like random firebombs. They were... They were dropping it in Greenwood as people were moving in, mostly. So they were, like, ahead of oh, the crowds. Oh, they were, like, the the, the f- uh, forward troops. Kind of, yeah. And they were also... This was going on kind of all through the night. Uh, um, and they weren't just dropping improvised bombs. They were also sniping from these planes. Also, I feel like, you know, I'd rather loot than light the houses on fire. Just from, like, a personal perspective, I'd be like, hey... All the fancy rich people are gone. <laughs> right? Let's go get their shit first. Thinking on a strictly economic, uh-huh. pragmatic standpoint. Like, I don't care if they're white. I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're Hispanic. I'm going to get their shit first. I'm going to loot somebody before I rob, yeah, before, before I burn before their house down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's only uh, stupid white people. Yeah, <laughs> we are. So uh, the police said that the planes were merely to prevent a, quote, Negro uprising. Although... There's kind of suspicions that a lot of cops were on the planes, and later witness accounts, included, including published uh, some published like just a few years ago, that were found a whole bunch of white lawyers that apparently lived kind of outside but near the Greenwood area stood in their living rooms and just watched the planes bomb Greenwood all night. Well, I mean, there's it probably was cops or military people because it's 1920s. There's not a lot of just yeah. like pilots right. hanging about. Yeah. But fun fact, because of this, uh, Tulsa, in case it ever comes up at a bar trivia, is the only city that isn't New York in the 48 lower states to ever experience an aerial assault. Interesting. Yeah. Good for them? I don't uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how they should feel about it either. Yeah. Right? So, June 1st, uh, about a quarter to noon, National Guard declares martial law. Uh, by noon, they have all the violence wrapped up because it had mostly been wrapping up on its own. Hundreds of black people were then arrested and detained. Um, Bullshit. The, the casualties were very difficult to figure out. The, For example, the Red Cross declined to even offer an estimate, even though that was kind of their deal. And then newspapers, like w- the same exact paper would one day say, oh, there were 75 people killed, 68 of them were black. But then the next day they would say, only 30 people died. So it was kind of all over the place. Um, early estimates did get as high as about 170. Um, it later got into uh, several more hundreds. So, Greenwood, the Black Wall Street, was completely and utterly obliterated. Uh, 200 businesses, two schools, a whole bunch of churches... And the only hospital in the entire district were all burned down. More than 1,200 homes were burned. Uh, speaking pragmatically here, 200 were looted. I mean, I would have looted at least 1,000 homes. Switch the numbers, right? Yeah, like, come on, bros. Uh, 
By today's estimate, it was $31 million in property damage. That seems low. Right? It just seems very low to me. It does. That's what happens when you don't loot first. Well, see, they were burned, not necessarily burned down. Oh, okay. So that's... Again, that's why you thing. loot first. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually the Red Cross estimated that more than 10,000 people were made homeless because of this incident. Now, the cover-up. There was zero prosecution of any white people. Well, that's bullshit. Including a KKK member who published his account of it afterwards, including uh, describing one black man being dragged behind a car by a noose. Can we just go prosecute him? Is he still alive? Probably not. Probably not. Let's find him, though. Let's find out. Anyway, so, uh, and then there was never any official documentation. The newspapers talked about it, but the city just basically did the whole, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, they never talked about it, never said anything. The newspapers that do the, uh, you know, like, they'll do, like, the 15 years ago on this date, yeah. 25 years ago on this date, you'd think they just had tea that day. They, I mean... Never any official documentation. Um, the city just 100% refused to talk about it. One black survivor published a book about it in 1922, but, ha, good luck being black getting a book published about your persecution and widely read in the 1920s. Well, and I mean, just like any time, good luck getting a book published. Yeah. Uh, a man, uh, or maybe a woman, um, can't read my handwriting. It's kind of embarrassing. My handwriting transcends gender. Uh, an MA thesis was written, we'll go with the passive language, in 1946, but apparently it never got out of the University of Tulsa. Like, it just kind of like, yeah, you pass, and then they just kind of shoveled it away for a while. Mm. Uh, in the 1970s, the Tulsa Historical Society was desegregated, and photos of the event, which coincidentally are the first race riot photographs ever made available to the public in the country, um, they were kind of there, although the people that did it got a huge amount of pressure from white people in the city not to release it, which is bad. It wasn't until the Tulsa Race Riot Commission in 1996, um, which was uh, commissioned in 1996, published its findings in 2001, um, where they kind of really finally acknowledged just how bad shit got. Uh, They gave scholarships to descendants. They put up a memorial and park and they launched a whole bunch of economic development for the Greenwood area. They also found out that the actual casualties were at least 300, making Shit. yeah, making Damn. the Tulsa race riot the single worst act of domestic violence on U.S. soil since the Civil War. Damn. So what happened to Dick? He was exonerated. Oh, yay, Dick! Afterwards, yes. A ha- little happy ending for him. Although, I mean, that's that's got a weigh on you, man. Like- right. Like, shit, I tripped and 300 people died. Right. He was exonerated, immediately said, fuck Tulsa, and went to Kansas City, but... I don't think that's much better. (laughs) But it was very easy to disappear in the 1920s, and Uh, no one knows anything about what happened to him after that. Aw. I hope he became somebody, like, famous. Like, Dick is actually, like, I don't know, Chuck Berry or some shit. That would be the greatest origin story. Right? Is it? How disrespectful is it to write like superhero style fanfic about an actual persecuted historical figure? I don't think it really is. I think it's a tribute. Okay. And you were right. <laughs> Your story was really depressing. Right? Uh huh. Mine, again, I think has its moments. Well, I am finished with my first one, so I vote you move into yours, because I am curious about these moments. I've read sporadically about this. I've never heard as much about it in one go as I'm about to hear right now, and I'm legit excited. Again, I think you um, overestimate my research abilities, because I don't have that many notes. Anyway. How much notes do you have? How many notes? Much many? Not much many. Many much. Like a couple. So... In 1935, (laughs) a plucky group of explorers decided they were going to wander Brazil and with hopes of colonizing um, for their mother country. uh, You know, we call that foreshadowing in the business. Yeah. uh, Although, you know, the place was already pretty much well established. (laughs) Note that it had a name. There were people there. (laughs) They're called Brazilians. (laughs) But they're like, you know what? This could be our new homeland. And so they went, they lasted a whole 15 months. Then their asshole leader died of, like, malaria. 
And they're like, well, that sucks. Let's go back to the motherland. And let's not talk about this ever again because too many natives really had to help us out with this and we're awesome and we don't want people to know that the natives had to help us with our shit. (laughs) And that's when the Germans went home to Germany to do their Nazi shit. (laughs) As one does when you are a a German in the 30s. Yeah. Well, some of you do, did. Yeah. So we go to the fall of Nazi Germany, which would be 1945. 1945. (laughs) That that you that didn't come up at all in in your research. Oh no, it came up. I just didn't write it down for some reason because I'm a horrible researcher. (laughs) And so in Nazi Germany, of course, you had the whole. Wait, 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 wait. It came up. Fair. You didn't write it down. Also fair. How did you not know it already? I'm not very good with dates. I've had a lot of head trauma. I'm surprised I'm not a serial killer. I mean, the jury's out on that one. I mean, I think it's because I didn't wet the bed as a child. Did you do anything to animals as a kid? I petted them. Then you're probably not I a serial killer. I might have killed killer. a pig. Don't talk about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Piggly. Her name was Paulina. Meta reference. Um, okay. So, anyway. Back to fleeing Nazis. We're focusing really on one Nazi in particular because he was mainly their scientific Nazi, if we can call him that. He was a doctor. And I'm talking ooh, about... Ooh, I'm excited to see how you pronounce this. You, you have, you, she has literally been like, 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 like a movie teaser trailer all week about how she is going to pronounce this name very theatrically. Well, I honestly still don't know how to properly pronounce it. So for, <laughs> I'm not going to correct you if you do it wrong. For the record, he's going to sound kind of Italian because I'm going to call him <laughs> Amanda Jelly. <laughs> it's Joseph Mengele for anyone that doesn't know who we're talking about. Mengele. Yeah, yeah, okay. Dr. Mengele or Mengele. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I'm one of the worst Germans ever. I'm also a really bad Mexican, so I, I Wait, even it out. You're German? Yes, I am. My family is from Germany. Shocker. All right. So anyway. <laughs> are you wait, are you sure you're Mexican and not Brazilian? I am positive I am not Brazilian. Man, you pitch her a softball and she just ignores it. Yeah, look at that. Because I'm on topic. I'm focused. So Manjeli, <laughs> he runs away. <laughs> He basically does this weird thing where he tells people his fucking name and who he is, but people are like, eh, you can go. So it occurs to me, mm-hmm. how much of that was because he truly believed that, that his beliefs were persecuted versus how much of it was you know practical and hiding? Well, okay. So I guess he did steal people's identities. At the very beginning, he did um, disguise himself as a normal, because he was SS. Mm-hmm. He was an SS doctor. If you don't know who Mengele was, he was the doctor who performed all the experiments on people in Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. So he was a pretty bad dude. He would awful pick awful. He would pick people. He would send people. He was the chooser. He'd be like, you live, you die, you twins, you come with me because I'm gonna do some weird ass shit with you that never works out because I'm not a very good scientist. And then. <laughs> It was great because later on when people were chasing him, he would claim he didn't do any of that shit. And people were all like, no, you were like whistling and super happy about it. Like you were like, <laughs> do, 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 you go over there. You go over there. Like he was having the time of his fucking life sentencing oh. people to death. He was the worst. Um, so, yeah, really bad dude. When they were seeing that the Soviets were coming, he wanted to get the fuck out of Dodge because nobody wants to be held captive by the Soviets. Let's be real. Even Nazis. Even Nazis are like, dude, fuck too that. Far. You took this too far. Gulag. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, no thanks. So he flees. He actually disguises himself as a non-SS member of the German military. And through like some madcap adventures, he ends up being in between the Russian or USSR zone and the United States zone of, like, um, occupation. Mm-hmm. They're here, like, in a dead zone. Eventually, he gets over the United States zone. With his fake paperwork, they are like, oh, hey, you're good. Go back to Germany. He lives in Germany for about a year working as a farmhand before he actually, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. His wife even sees him. 
Did they not like know what he looked like? Oh no, they knew what he looked like. There, so did he grow facial hair or something? No, or? he just looked the same. And this dude, so um, there are accounts of him being like a blonde angel of death mm-hmm. sort of character, but he wasn't. He was just a stocky ass guy with brown hair and a big gap tooth. Um, yeah, he was a little a little asshole. And, but most people did know what he looked like. They just, there was a lot of lack of communication between like the, the tribunals and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that was part of it. Okay. Okay. But a lot of it was just like, he was able to blend in. And the other part that really helped him as well was his family was still fairly wealthy and Ah. they continued to be wealthy and they continued to help rebuild Germany after the end of the war because his family ran tractor supply and sort of things so so they were yeah they were wealthy they had money damn rich people yeah and even people that worked for the company helped him escape wow yeah it was with full knowledge of who he was yes with 100 percent full knowledge of who he was they helped him escape those motherfuckers yeah if i see you riding a tractor anytime soon we're gonna have words mostly i'm gonna ask if you know the history of tractors and I'm going to throw that in your face because well, it mean, relates to you. I mean, like, if it's a John Deere, it's fine. But there were, like, it was Mengel and Mengele and Sons. I, I, why'd you have to ruin my fun? Because <laughs> I wanted to. Anyway, <laughs> after a while, the bro's like, I'm out of here, bitches. So he actually goes to Argentina first. Um, hangs out in Argentina for a wait, while. Wait, Are you Argentinian? I am not. Damn it. That's too slow pitch. I... I saw your pitches and I rejected them. So, so you hit them. I, I am on target. I know what I'm talking about. Fuck. Because he's in Argentina. He thinks it's okay. But then he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go to Paraguay. I'm not sure why he wanted to go to Paraguay. He was just like, Paraguay. You, uh, you know what I'm going to ask. I'm not Paraguayan. 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 There we go. Um, so he goes, (laughs) I don't know if that's right, but she accepted it pretty easily. So he goes to Paraguay. He meets a former, um, Hitler youth guy who is kind of like big in Paraguay in this little like German settlement there. He basically is living under his own name. He gets a Paraguayan passport, uh, under his own name, under Joseph Mengele or Mengele. (laughs) And, uh, He's just living his little life. Uh, one day, his host family that he's staying with, the person gets sick, and they have to call for a doctor. He's also a doctor, so he tells the doctor what's up. The doctor who treats the guy who got sick is like... No, don't tell me he recognizes He it. recognizes Of Mangle, all the people in the story to recognize this doctor, it's the, doctor. the Argentinian... Paraguayan sorry, doctor. Sorry, Paraguayan who lives, what, 6,000 miles away? Yeah. So he recognizes him because he was also a refugee, I believe, from Austria. Oh, and okay. so he recognizes him. And the problem was he recognized uh, Mengele. But he also thought that the host that he came to um, take care of was another uh, hunted Nazi. He thought it was Eichmann, I think. I can't remember his name. And I should have written it down. But he thinks... Terrible researcher. Yeah, terrible researcher. That's why I don't have a master's and you do. Anyway, so the doctor thinks, hey, it's totally this guy and Mengele. They're in this house together. And so he reports these things to the police. But at the same time, the one guy who he thinks it is gets captured. So they're like, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You're crazy. It's totally not Mengele. But it was. <laughs> he was there. Wow. Chillaxing. So wait, did this guy just not like... Well, I guess... I guess it was the black people that had the internet, not the Nazis. Yeah. So they, they couldn't just, like, like show him a picture? No. And the other problem was the Paraguayan government was sympathetic to those sorts of people. So they were actually um... hiding him a little bit for a time. He eventually, eventually, they were like, hey, we know he's here. Give him up. And the government denied it, and he actually was, in fact, not there anymore. That's uh, shortly after he was recognized, he actually moved to Brazil. Mm-hmm. He took the former Hitler Youth Commander's identification and decided to move to Brazil. The Hitler Youth Commander actually got cancer, so 
ha and had to go back to germany that's fair and he was like hey bro i'm not going to use my id card anymore you can have it so did, did that side note did that guy go back and be like yo i'm a nazi but i'm dying no because he was a hitler youth so nobody was really like after the hitler youth because they were like the youth they, but, were, they were kids when it all went down yeah yeah but he okay. still he wrote a nazi sympathetic like he wrote a Nazi newspaper. He ran this little Nazi Germany Paraguayan government. He was just a bad guy, too. Sounds like it. But he takes this Nazi youth commanders. Again, people who are really history fans are going to be like, oh, my God, this woman is the worst. <laughs> this is why women aren't allowed to read. The whole theme of this is we offer lax historical context while drinking with a limited amount of time for research. Okay, true. So if they don't really like it, at least because of that, they can they can screw off. All right, so we'll continue because he's finally in the place we need him to be. Mangeli. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you know you're forgetting. Uh... Mangeli. Mangeli. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right. All right, Mangeli. <laughs> he is finally in Brazil. Time Woo! to get your fruit hat on. So, he moves to Brazil. And he actually lives with his family who fucking hated him because he was a fucking dick. Did they know he was a Nazi, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. These fuckers knew he was a Nazi. And one time, they were like, Bitches, hey. you can't write a letter? They're like, oh no, they they were thinking about writing a letter, but then they got the cashola and the payola, and they're like, okay, wow, uh, never mind, we're good, we're good. I'm disappointed in people. The more I read history, oh, the more I read history, the way more I'm disappointed in people. And so he moved in with the I let me see, I know I can find their name pretty quickly because they're in like the last the whole last part of this chapter. Um, so he moves in with these people. They fucking, like, hated him, and they were continually trying to be like, hey, could you, like, find him another home? And then the person who was, like, reassigning him to home, basically, like, witness protection for former Nazis, mm -hmm. was like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, Stammer. So, Stammer, and he actually, apparently, some people say he was banging the wife, too, so that's something. So he stayed with the Stammers for 13 years. Whoa. How much money did he give them? Not that much, actually. Like, they got, like, a couple, like, well, first of all, so they were on a smaller farm, and then when Mangeli, when he moved up, <laughs> moved in with them, he actually had money, and he helped them buy a larger farm, and so he was half owners of their farm. Oh, and then, so, so if something had happened to him, they'd be fucked. Yeah, and then at one Ooh, point they economic sold his, they sold that farm and moved into a very large house that he owned half of as well. But he was just an angry, angry man. He yeah. used to hang out with a bunch of, I guess, a pack of like twelve stray dogs that were rabid and who he taught to kill. So that's cool. This is a supervillain origin story. Yeah, but at the same time, he had no real power because he was always afraid that somebody would capture him. I think Dick Rowland uh, captured him later. I think he did because Dick Rowland's the boss. Dude's cool. Yeah, so here he is in Brazil. I'm just giving you all this backstory because when you hear the conspiracy, you'll think, well, this guy's a little shit. There's no way he could do anything. <laughs> um, eventually... He lives most of he lives out his life. He dies in Brazil. Um, he actually dies. Uh, the way he dies is really weird. Actually, he kind of like drowns. He kind of has a stroke and drowns. Hmm. He goes for a swim and drowns. The other fun thing that I learned about him was so you know how people have nervous tics, like you chew on your fingernails or you right. like, you know, fidget and stuff. Well, he did grow mustache to hide capture. Okay. And he would chew on the hair on his mustache when he was nervous. He ended up getting a hairball <laughs> wow. like a cat and had to go into the hospital for his hairball. And that kind of marks the start of his health deteriorating. Okay. Because he had a like a gut problem because he had a hairball. So they had to surgically remove the hairball. It also led to him being kind of found out a little bit because he went in, showed his identification card. This fucking idiot. 
kept everything the same on the ID card except he changed the picture. So he's giving this his card, and he's like seventy <laughs> something, and he's giving them a card of a like a forty six year old guy, and the people in the hospital are like, "You look really fucking old for 46. <laughs> <laughs> but, I you mean, know, yeah, that still led to nothing though. Like he still never got caught. And let me just throw now in, I'm no longer upset Brazil didn't win the World Cup. And let me throw in a couple more things of what stupid shit he did without getting caught. He illegally divorced his first wife in Germany on record, did not get caught for that, was not tracked down because of that. Then he legally married his brother's widow. Wow. To keep the family money, like, in the family. I'd say dick move, but that's mean to Dick Rowland. Yeah. We should really rethink this. That was a pancreas move. Yeah. So, you know, that was a thing. Legally wed, every papers, everything signed, good to go. Says Mengele, says everything. (laughs) Another thing, they took a wonderful holiday to Switzerland one year with him. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Flew in. He stayed a couple of weeks in his old hometown, too. Nobody said anything. Wow. At all. Nobody in the family who knew who he was. Like his son met him as Uncle Fritz, which, I mean, I don't blame the son. The son don't know shit. But everybody else, his ex-wife knew who he was. His uh, other wife, his first, second wife knew who he was. Wow. Nobody said dick about wow. him. Wow. And this dude is like... That kind of blows my mind. He's a fucking asshole. And people didn't say anything about him. Because they're all this tight-knit family with their track your fortune and shit. Okay. Uh, I feel this is obligatory now. If someone in your family was a Nazi, would you turn them in? Oh, yeah. The other thing is, the second the reward money went past, like, a grand, I'd be like... I'm on it. Yeah. This guy's a fucking Nazi, man. Like, I think I know who you're looking for. And it's not even that he was a Nazi. Like, I could get it if somebody in my family was just a Nazi. This guy was a fucking asshole of assholes He was one of the Nazis. Yeah, he was, like, the worst Nazi. He was, like, the third worst Nazi. Yeah. He was pretty bad. Hitler, Eichmann. Mengele. Yeah, Mengele. Eichmann, who was, was who they were looking for. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, the, they, they, there's a movie coming out about him. Yeah. About the hunt for him. So. Unofficial sponsorship, whatever that movie is called. Although, after reading parts of this book, because I was reading, at my source material for this is Nazi Hunter, the Westenhall file. He was kind of fucking full of shit. Westenhall was kind of full of shit at times. I don't. He's kind of blowing smoke up his own ass, but that's beside the point. We are with Mengele in Brazil. Mengele. So he dies a broken man of cancer in, in like 80, I think he died in 79. And they don't discover that it was him until 85 with testing and they like bury up his corpse. At that point, his son actually did see him and knew who he was, but he didn't turn him in because he's a fucking old man, which... No. You know, I still, yeah. I don't. I can't get behind. Think of all the people that didn't make it to old age because of these yeah. fuckers. Yeah, well, and the other reason he... They don't get a free pass because they're old. The reason he gave, Rolf is his son's name, he didn't want to... Because if he turned in his father, he'd be turning in all the people that helped his father. Which is also bullshit. Your dad was a fucking horrible guy. Yeah. So, we have Menjeli in Brazil. Who was the head of basically Nazi research mm-hmm. for things. And so that's where we get our lovely Hitler clones. What? what? <laughs> Hitler clones. <laughs> and why, why would we talk about Hitler clones? Well, mainly because of the book Boys from Brazil. One of the simultaneously most fascinating and dumbest conspiracy theories. It is really one of the dumbest conspiracy theories, and I will tell you why here in a second. But let's start with the book really quick, Boys from Brazil, written by Ira Levine in 1976, and it was also turned into a movie starring some people. I haven't seen the movie yet. Gregory Peck's in it, Laurence Olivier. And fun fact, as I found out about 30 seconds before we started recording this, Ira Levine... Not Avril Levine. Yeah, surprising, right? Right? Also, I'm just really excited about this because I'm looking at the cast list for Boys from Brazil. Who else is in it? Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> I love me some Steve Gutenberg. 
Wow. I had no idea. So Police Academy and Boys from Brazil. Uh-huh. Steve Gutenberg with a win. <laughs> we got to watch this now. If, yeah, really. We avoided watch watching it. it because of obvious reasons. Well, I think it should be our next history watching movie. I think I think you're right. So anyway, let's talk about the conspiracy theory slash the book Boys from Brazil. The yes. theory is that the scientific arm of the Nazis, led by Joseph Mengele, went down to Brazil, created Hitler clones that would eventually take over the world. Now, there are so many problems with this conspiracy theory. And let me, I'm going to read you a chapter describing Joseph Mengele from Nazi Hunter by Alan Levy. And uh, you tell me if this person's, you know, capable of creating (laughs) fucking clones. Okay. 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 As a matter of fact, however, Dr. Joseph Mengele was no evil mastermind, no ancient Dubuque, I don't know how to say that, no devil incarnate, (laughs) but a dumb intellectual, a dilettante, a dabbler who used human beings as his guinea pigs. Though better educated and endowed, he was much a loser in life as Eichmann or Stangle, a bungler whose failures bred failures, aborted starts and abrupt ends that almost without design carved a trail of blunders and false clues leading only to Simon Wessel's greatest post-war disappointment. Even Mengele's 1979 drowning in four, three or four feet of water, which cost the world and Weinstall a chance to convince grant him in court was banal and stumbling as benefits of the man's mediocrity he drowned in four feet of water yeah <laughs> but granted he was like 75 and it was like apparently the current was pretty bad and he had just had a, a stroke, stroke like two okay. months ago yeah so he wasn't like he wasn't he hey. shouldn't have been in the water by himself that is catastrophically dumb but Four feet of water. <laughs> I know. This guy wasn't smart, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. This man. Wow. This man could never have cloned anything. He couldn't even understand how twins were made. That's how stupid this guy is. <laughs> this is the man who thought you could inject dye into somebody's eyes and change their eye color. <laughs> Wait, does that work? It doesn't. <laughs> Are you sure? Like, have you tested it? Yeah. <laughs> my eyes were blue for like two seconds before you showed up but then you know what happened eyes don't work like that <laughs> he's, he's a dumb shit like there's no all accounts point to that he was a pretty good doctor okay like, i'm gonna do i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a mangala impression though here uh-huh. uh i'm gonna look at the evidence uh-huh. and i'm gonna draw a conclusion okay mangala was dumb Therefore, Nazis are dumb. Yeah, that is that is a great... <laughs> I, I agree. I'm not sure of the causation, mm-hmm. but I, I feel pretty, You're pretty, correct. pretty safe in my hypothesis. No, he also didn't really believe in the scientific process. He would, like, fudge results all the time, and he would not give the correct, like... So at one point... This is going to sound a little gruesome, I guess, but, uh... <laughs> okay. So it, there, there was an example in the book Nazi Hunter where he was going to send like four gypsy heads to an institution in like Munich for study, right? Hmm. Only three heads made it. And so he's like, eh, I'll just cut you off another head from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you wanted these four specific heads because they had characteristics you thought were interesting. So he just fudged one? Yeah, he just fudged one. <laughs> he just Wow. And so... Because he was the head of Auschwitz, he also got some of the most intelligent, real intelligent minds who were, you know, Jewish and who had to go into the camp. But he was like, oh, you're a doctor. You're a researcher. You're going to be forced to work for me. So we would send them and work in his office, which I think would probably be the most frustrating thing in the world because your boss that. is dumb. When your boss is dumb as shit, but you can't say anything because he'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Yeah. That's like a whole new level. And people were just like, he is the worst. He does not know what he is doing. That's workplace frustration I cannot relate to. I just, I mean, I guess they're happy they're alive, but I feel like some days he'd be like, and then I think if we put two twins upside down and spin them around real fast, we'll get more twins. And then like, the assistants were probably just like, God damn it. 
I just, you know what? I'm just going to go to the oven now. I can't. <laughs> I can't handle this anymore. Ouch. <laughs> Ooh. Is that too soon? Ooh. Too soon? Um, anyway, so this guy was just a fucking dumb as shit dude. Like, he was not smart. So there's no way this guy could create Hitler clones. Hitler clones. The other thing is, why would he want to create Hitler clones? Because Hitler was not the idealized version of man. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. But didn't all of his propaganda say that the Nazi was? And if he was still brown-nosing his potential leader, wouldn't he want to create that leader again? Yeah, but the idea is that in the book specifically... I I asked that with as much enthusiasm as that devil's advocacy could mutter. Yes. Could muster, I mean. But, I mean, no, because when he was... So, his research (laughs) was focused on twins. And do you know why it was focused on twins? Nope. He was looking at twins because when the war was over, he wanted to help Hitler create more perfect men quicker. So he wanted to see how he could make perfect women and perfect men come together and create two babies in one go. Okay. So that's why he liked twins, and that's why he was researching twins, was because he wanted to increase the population with the perfect Blonde hair, blue eyed. I know I'm going to get in trouble the next time I see somebody with twins. Yeah. We have twins. Be like, oh, little Hitler babies. Good job. (laughs) And so, like, that's why he was focused on. His research was never focused on cloning, ever. Hmm. He maybe thought about genetically modifying things, but that's completely different than cloning. And it's way off either way. Yeah. I feel like people get cloning and, um, what is that other word? Not cloning, but like when you breed two things together to create a... Oh, hybridization. Yeah. They were getting that confused because I feel like we were way... It was way too soon for any cloning hmm. ever. Well, that is fascinating. And also, you know, it's Brazil and he's still a Nazi on the run. So although he did have money, he wouldn't have enough money to create yeah, a state-of-the-art no, no, no. lab. No. Um, And wow. let's see. So yeah. Basically, I don't think there could ever be any Hitler clones. And, again, if I was a Nazi trying to create the perfect Hitler youth or Hitler future race, mm-hmm. they would all look like the Skarsgårds. So I'm not saying that the Skarsgård family are all boys from Brazil. Alexander is pretty much the ideal human, though. I know he is, and I'm pretty sure he was made in Brazil. By Mengele. <laughs> but that's that's the boys from Brazil conspiracy. It can't in be it, true because Mengele was a fucking idiot. In advance, our apologies to Alexander Skarsgård and all of the Skarsgårds. He could come and we can apologize in person. I'd be totally for that. I might spill some red wine on his white shirt and he might have to take it off. And oh, God. Scrub it down a little bit. I'm uncomfortable. Oh, you should be. He's so attractive. Okay. Anyway, that was my rambling conspiracy theory about the boys from Brazil, which is basically impossible because we were way too dumb to clone anything in that time period. Wow. I'm still uncomfortable. Okay. Okay. You know what I think it's time for? What do you think it's time for? I think it's time for an unpaid ad break. Unpaid ad break. Woohoo! So today's podcast is brought to you by Trader Joe's Blended Scotch. And as we we were noting uh, earlier, it is not one of Trader Joe's trademark racist brands. Trader Ming, Trader Jose, you think they would go Trader MacArthur? See, I was I was like Trader McJoe's. Trader William Wallace. Trader Scotch Tape. <laughs> so racist. Now I wish they had done that. <laughs> uh-huh. So if you're wondering, Trader Joe's blend Scotch whiskey has been distilled in a in Scotland using traditional methods and matured in oak cast for three years. Um, it's all right. I mean, I paid $10 for it. I really shouldn't be expecting a whole lot. I feel like it's worth 10 bucks. Yeah, I think it's worth 10 bucks. We're going to have to solid. try the single malt next week. I mean, it was bottled in Scotland, so it is actually scotch. By the definition, yeah. Yeah, look at that. But, it, but it's it's not bad, though. It's good. It's smooth, yeah. I like it's, it. Yeah. yeah, I would drink it again. And again, $10. Three and a half out of five. Would drink again. Yeah, everybody go to Trader Joe's. I mean, there's not much I wouldn't drink again. 
Because <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. But... I saw I saw a British game show, and as part of his gag, this comedian that was on there made a specialty cocktail with a different type of alcohol for every letter of the alphabet. Oh. Z. Zest of lemon. <laughs> Or, but he put in a lime. But also for R, he just did rest of the bottle and poured in whatever it was. Ugh. He poured in for P, which was like pesto. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, it was entertaining. But the, the consensus from all the people that tried it, because it was in one of those big fishbowl things, yeah. was that it was not bad. <laughs> you know, I feel like with enough ingredients, things can be okay. Yeah. So we're going to wrap things up today with a very quick discussion of my favorite uh outlandish bullshit conspiracy theory uh the business plot from 1933 have you heard of the business plot before i have indeed heard of the business plot before i was actually listening to a dollop about it not too long ago really yeah well i feel like they've pre-stolen my thunder um you know i wasn't paying very much attention so (laughs) also unpaid ad break for the dollop they're amazing they are good Although I don't listen to them nearly as often as I should. And now I don't want to talk about it if they just did Talk about it because, again, I really wasn't paying attention. In 1933. um. (laughs) See, they started with the very beginning, like that dude who was involved, his Uh, backstory. Smedley Butler? Yeah. Yeah. With the Smedleys. Uh, I was going to do the quick hit version. Yeah. Because. I think that's what we're here for. Yeah. So, basically, the business plot uh, was an alleged coup in 1933 by a bunch of wealthy business people in the United States to overthrow FDR and install a fascist dictatorship in the United States. I mean, you just knock his wheelchair over and you're done. (laughs) (laughs) Look, up in the sky, Dick Rowland to the rescue. (laughs) Um, So uh, in 1933, allegedly the heads of Chase Bank, GM, Goodyear, Standard Oil along with the DuPont family and allegedly one Prescott Bush. Yes, that Bush. Uh, they they tried to recruit retired uh, Marine Major General Smedley Butler. I believe that's retired badass. Yes, badass. Smedley Butler. <laughs> badass, yes. Uh, he was supposedly recruited by a man named Gerald C. McGuire. Um, turns out they didn't realize who they were trying to recruit. Uh Butler had campaigned for FDR, like, the year before. Well, because when you look at it, I know that Smedley was all about, like, veterans' rights and things. And, of course, FDR was preaching that. So why wouldn't he? Butler was a, he was, uh, for the record, he was a registered Republican, Mm -hmm. but he was, he considered himself a leftist and an anti-capitalist, but he was hardcore pro-America. So what you're telling me is he's a libertarian. Sure, we'll go with that. That'll convenient, historically inaccurate, but it'll work for our purposes. I don't care. I'm nothing <laughs> but historical inaccuracy. Lacks historical context. So anyway, they tried to recruit a uh, Marine Major General Smedley Butler, which is a fantastic name. I would like to throw that out as well. You know, I think you should name your first son Smedley. Okay. Um, or your first dog. I've I've had multiple dogs already, and I have no desire to have children. Well, then your next dog? Goldfish. Goldfish? Yeah, my next goldfish I'll name Smedley. But he'll die so quickly. (laughs) Kind of the point. (laughs) Mm, Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so allegedly, can't stress that enough unless the very extremely wealthy DuPont family sues the shit out of us, and probably the Bushes, but they look like they're beyond caring. Um allegedly this was all done over the end of the gold standard in 19 in 1933 yeah, people really lost their shit on that one in 1933 we we semi-informally kind of went away from the gold standard and a lot of these hardcore capitalists that were at the head of the organizations that i named saw that as a sign of impending doom so they supposedly approached butler with an offer that he would be given power via the position of Secretary of General Affairs, and after the coup, FDR would be basically a figurehead. Um, but it pretty much went to shit immediately. Uh, Butler spilled on everything to the House of Representatives Special Committee on Un-American Activities, uh, which was the McCormick-Dickstein Committee. It was the predecessor to HUAC. I mean, that that committee 
he's troublesome for other reasons. <laughs> this instance, though, this I feel like it, it did its job. The instance is not <laughs> troublesome. Um, now, the committee heard a lot of testimony, and they actually they found no evidence of a direct statement of this plot, but they were able to verify all of Butler's testimony except for that thing. So it was kind of a, we believe that something is happening, but we can't prove that any of these people are actually involved. I need money so I can do shit like that. Right. So uh, historians tend to sort of dismiss um, or mostly agree that McGuire had a plot in mind. Mm-hmm. It was basically, basically they say that, yeah, he was crazy. He wanted to do shit. If any of these rich people were involved, they were smart enough to stay far enough away that they could go, nah. Well, yeah, rich people are rich because they never get their hands dirty. Exactly. Um, but then... Like the U.S. FDR was never really in any danger, and everything everyone just kind of went on their ways. No one was prosecuted for it. Um, no one was ever even charged. It was, it was fun, and it's like probably mostly bullshit. And I love it. See, I you know why I think it's mostly bullshit? Why? Because Eleanor Roosevelt would just like Hulk smash whoever tried to like take over the government. That girl, that lady's a badass bitch. She would just she, be like, yeah. she'd just snap people. I bet half the government was afraid of her. Because she, you know, she knew what she wanted. Were you just... No, I almost said something really fucked she, up. <laughs> she wanted some badge. <laughs> so, so, uh, fuck, Mary kill. Uh, well, Mangala... <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. I wasn't going that way. Fuck, Mary kill. Dick Rowland... Smedley Butler or uh, Alexander Skarsgård? Oh, f- d- dude. <laughs> I would marry Alexander Skarsgård. But wait, Alexander Skarsgård, who is probably not a Hitler clone, or Alexander Skarsgård, who is probably a Hitler clone? You don't know. <laughs> uh, how does he feel about Jews? <laughs> you don't know. I mean, and I, it's, would, it's I like, would have to find out eventually. No, no, it's like that game show or that whatever that reality show is. You have to marry him before you can converse with him in person. And you are married <laughs> for life. And then, like, the first thing out of his mouth is, like, kill all the Jews. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I made a real bad mistake on this one. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I would marry Alexander Skarsgård. Okay. You could overlook the potential anti-Semitism. Yeah, I really cannot stress how apologetic we are to the Scars Guards. Mute was almost a good movie, Alex. Almost. There was a good movie hidden in there. If it was a good movie, we wouldn't be talking like this about your family. But it wasn't. Stellan Scars Guard, I feel like, is a treasure of Sweden. I have no fucking idea who that is. Is that the dad? That's his dad. Okay, yeah, fine. Tremendous actor. Yeah, good for him. I still would marry his son. I wouldn't marry the creepy one that was in It. People think he's hot. He's not hot. He's weird looking. (laughs) I mean, he was the clown in It. So if it was against him, the clown in It. No, no, you need to finish. Are you fucking? uh, I'm marrying Alexander Scott. We know that. That's fine. Fuck or kill. Dick Rowland or Smedley Butler. I would fuck Dick Rowland because, one, Dick Rowland has no time for my shit in a long lasting relationship because he's a man of mystery. He will After love 1921, me. totally mysterious. Yeah, he will love me and leave me, and I'm okay with that. Dick Rowland and I are good. <laughs> we will make... That's racist. I don't care. <laughs> Dick Rowland and I will have a loving relationship, but I get it. He's He doesn't want a long-term relationship from me because he's a man of mystery. <laughs> I don't even know if Dick Rowland's his real name anymore. Um, Smedley, I'm sorry, bro. You, you're gonna die. Like, you were a badass motherfucker and all, but you couldn't finish the job. You, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get him in jail. All you had to do if they did it. Well, you couldn't finish that job, and you couldn't finish the job of like knocking FDR out of his wheelchair. <laughs> it's well, not that hard. He didn't want to finish that job. That's because he had no dick. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some balls. Oh. Uh. I mean, I would love to run a fascist regime. I feel like that 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 getting messed up there was almost the the world telling you to stop before you said that soundbite is gonna bite you in the ass one day. I mean, yeah, when I'm running for my fascist regime, 
like to do a Mary fucker kill for you, but I didn't have many women in mind. I mean, oh, come on. Would that stop you? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. And I'm secure enough in my sexuality to answer about men. Doesn't, All right. It doesn't bother me. You know what? Top three Nazis. Hitler. Oh, no. Mandeli. <laughs> Not and those Eichmann. three men. Oh, no. Mary fuck kill. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Kill Eichmann because he orchestrated the whole thing. He was the architect of the, the Holocaust. Yeah. So I feel like he's kind of the worst. Yeah, but I mean, like, he was a hands. He was like a rich guy of the Holocaust. He really didn't get his hands dirty as much as a Mandeli did. <laughs> but I, w- I would, I would kill Eichmann. Okay. Probably fuck Hitler. See, I would never fuck Hitler because I would always just marry him and make him like go take up painting in the shed. <laughs> I mean, he already painted one, but I feel like <laughs> his life. He was angry. And he yeah. and he blamed the Jews. You think he'd be a nice lover? Is that if, what you're saying? No, if he you had if some if you show him some affection, maybe you turn his life around. See, and that's why you'd marry him and not fuck him. No, no, because that wouldn't be enough. Then he's just a frustrated incel who happens to have the ability to lead a nation to eliminate Jews. I mean, that's just what he always was. <laughs> I'm not contributing to it. I mean, yeah, he got laid pretty good. Did he? LeBron wasn't anything to like. But didn't she come along later? Like later, later? Yeah, but I still think he liked them young. I Ugh. feel like he still like. Calling me old? I still think, yeah. Fuck you. You're too old and you're not older. Enough. You're older than me. Yeah, and wiser. That's how I know marrying Hitler's the way to go. <laughs> no. So you're telling me you would marry Umanjeli? Evidently, he had enough money to pay people off and owned a farm and a house. Half of a farm. Half of a house. And you would be his third wife. Think about that. And you'd have two stepsons. <laughs> Hitler has no baggage. You know what I'd do? You know what I'd do? Huh. I'd marry him so I could find out everyone that helped him and then I'd turn them all in. Aw, <laughs> look at you. Being an outstanding citizen. It took me way too long to justify well, choosing I, to marry him. <laughs> I feel like in the moment you're just like... Yeah. <laughs> no. Just, you're just like thinking too much on the fucking and the marrying and the killing. You're not thinking about in the long run what you would do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, good talk, Sasha. Good talk, Shan. So, uh, next week. Do we have a next week's topic yet? Um,. I believe we might, but I don't know in what order we're recording this since this is technically our fourth first episode because we fail at follow through. Not follow through. To be fair, other people were originally going to edit this shit and they just haven't yet. And then I tried to edit it and I was just like, uh, no. Well, let's see. Let's look at our master topics list here. Um, hmm. Oh, wait. We did talk about it already. The uh, the aliens. Yes. So next week's topic is going to be... This shit was aliens. Yeah. It's historical moments that we felt could only be done by aliens. Or ones that we think are more fun when you say aliens are the explanation. Yeah. Because you know what? Aliens are funner than real life most of the time. They are. All right. Um, I guess we should have some sort of sign-off line. Oh, shit. Like, I don't know. Don't fucking repeat history, but I know you're gonna. Nazis are bad. Yeah, they are.